Hi, welcome to the Strength and Dignity podcast, where we talk about faith and lifestyle for young Christian women. I'm your host, Kelsey Pryor. Here, you'll find conversations around the Bible, stories and testimonies from guests, and encouragement for your walk with the Lord. Before we get started, be sure to smash that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. All right, let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to the Strength and Dignity podcast. I'm here today with my mother, April. Hello, April. Hello. <laughs> um, she's going to talk about the chapter that she wrote in the Strength and Dignity Bible study titled Diligent and Enterprising. So we're going to dive into the scriptures from Proverbs 31 that that comes from and her writing process, but also just kind of her story that led up to her writing that. Um, but first, I'd love it if you told us a little bit of your background on how you grew up and... Um, kind of your faith background as well. Okay, sure. Hi guys, it's I'm super happy to be here today and um, to be part of Kelsey's journey as she's been writing this book and, um, well, her journey of her whole life, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but this has been a fun process with uh, her writing the book in collaboration with other people um, and her getting to work as a team with a bunch of other awesome women has been really um, beneficial for her, I know. So excited to be a part of that. Um, I grew up in a small town in Ohio, and um, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents, um, I believe you might have heard from my mother. Mm-hmm. In a, she in was a on a previous podcast. Previous podcast. Um That's Grandma Julie. So my parents uh, became believers when they were first married. And so they, and then they started having us kids a couple years later. So they were kind of learning about being a parent while they were learning about being a Christian. And so um, my parents were very zealous in their faith, very faithful church attenders, um, helped, helped, at every event the church would put on, we had we went to like a small Baptist church, and we were always there Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night. <laughs> um, so my early years were filled with church activities and being together as a family and all that good stuff. Um, homeschooling was illegal when I was growing up. That wasn't even had never even heard of it. wasn't even a thought or a conversation. So I went to public school until about seventh grade, and then my dad spent part of his inheritance on sending us kids to a Christian school. So I was in a Christian school for middle school and high school, and then I went to a Christian college, Cedarville in Ohio. Um, so through a lot of that, I was inundated with... Um, a lot of really good things and a lot of things that made it a bit confusing for me because um, my personality is very um, rule oriented and I want to be the good girl and do the right thing. And when I was around a lot of, um, you know, when you're in the Christian world a lot, like if you're parents are on staff at a church or your missionaries or something like that, you might see the hypocrisy behind the scenes and that can just be really confusing, especially when you're young because you don't understand all the things that are going on. And so um, I would just see things, we weren't on staff or anything like that, but we were a part of enough ministries and things like that, that I would just see enough things that would confuse me. And then I went to a Christian school where we were like in one class, we're doing it's we go to Bible class. And so we're memorizing Bible verses for the test. Mm. Um, and then the next class, like the girls were talking bad about each other and mm. the, like the petty things were happening. And so um, I still wanted to do the right thing and be, I, like I really loved Jesus, but I didn't 
that that was just kind of the world I lived in for years, you know, and then in Cedarville, the same thing, Christian college, surrounded by great people and tons of possible truth and learning, but um, also lots of rules and lots of religion and be, wanting to be the rule follower, and I was really good at it. Um, just in my adult life, when I started to kind of sort things out for myself, just was, you know, a journey. It's been a journey of like unpacking, okay, what the truth is, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so I have learned to cling to scripture because it is the foundation for everything that we believe in. And so um, when things get kind of tossed and turned, that's where I, with culture or um, even if I'm like, well, they're a Christian and they're doing that thing, so is that okay if I do that thing? I thought we weren't supposed to do that thing. (laughs) So then instead of comparing myself to them, I can go to the Bible and see what it has to say about that thing, whatever it is. Um, I was faced with the concept of lordship when I was 24 years old. Wow. So um, I had never even heard of, I mean, I certainly had read these scriptures, you know, high school and college, I had to read the Old Testament and the New Testament through, I don't know how many times, things like that. Um, But I had never, so I had read these verses, but um, never heard a conversation about them or heard a sermon on them or anything where um, he who, where Jesus would say things like, he who has not given up everything cannot be my disciple. Hmm. You didn't ever hear a sermon on that? Or if I did, it was like, oh, th- this is figurative. Of course we don't have to give up everything oh, for Jesus. Wow. Um, that is just a, an example he was using. Like, are you willing to give up everything mm-hmm. for Jesus? Mm-hmm. And so I was always like, well, yeah, sure. I'm willing. Yeah. <laughs> but I was never faced with anything that I had to actually give up. Um, that would mean that I was like kind of being tested or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. When do you feel like that changed? When I was 24 and I was encountered. Do you want me to explain? Yeah. So, um, when I was 24, I was in Israel doing a semester abroad and I was going to a school called Jerusalem University College. And, uh, I was there with my sister, my younger sister, and we were going to like discover the next cool archeological dig and we were gonna find something amazing. We were super adventurous and just really excited about this from like the adventure perspective. And as soon as we got there, we got separated by age because I technically had graduated from college. So they've put me in with the grad students and my sister was still in college. So they put her in with the undergrads. And so I was faced with um, the whole entire semester with the same 16 people Hmm. instead of the you know, 95 or whatever, um, more fun group. (laughs) That was the younger group. (laughs) And so amongst the 16 graduate students were, um, you know, married couple, married couple, married couple, engaged guy, engaged girl, and then like four of us that were single or something like that. (laughs) It narrowed down pretty quickly. (laughs) It really narrowed down. Um, Anyway, long story short, that's where I met my husband, Jeremy, Kelsey's dad. And um, he was the one, he kept challenging me with all of these. He was such a strong believer. I had never really met a guy like him before that was so serious about his faith and really believed what he believed and reflected that in his life, in his decision-making, in his conversation, the way he treated people. 
Um, so I was fascinated by him, but then he would challenge me with these things that <laughs> like lordship. And I'm like, nah, <laughs> he's like, yeah, and, uh, except much more eloquently. And I'm like, well, I just know somewhere, it, I don't know where, but I'm pretty sure the Bible says this. And he would be like, well, in, <laughs> you, you know, quote chapter and verse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it really challenged me to, um, know what I was talking about, be able to support what I believed through scripture, all that good stuff. But he introduced me to this idea of lordship and I was just like really honest with myself and thought, instead of just flippantly like, oh yeah, I, I mean, if Jesus asked me to give up everything, I'd give up everything for him. And just like, would I? It, am, am I, is Jesus Lord of my life? Have I ever really given up everything to follow him? Am I a disciple? I know I love Jesus. I know I go to church. I know I live morally, you know, all these things. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I really, really want his will for my life, but I hadn't gotten to that place. I don't think of like true, true, true surrender Mm -hmm. um, where I just wanted to pursue him and trust. There's a lot of trust that comes with that surrender Mm -hmm. that you will actually what you have in mind is actually better than what I have in mind. Cause I really thought I knew what, how my life was going to play out. Yeah. Especially around the mar- area of marriage, you know, and it yeah. wasn't turning out the way I thought. So off I went to this crazy place called Israel. Yeah. So anyway, um, I through through that whole process, long story, <laughs> I don't know how much to get into here. Well, dad, it turned out they're supposed to get married. <laughs> um, and they lived in opposite sides of the country. Mm-hmm. So I think that was probably when you had to decide yeah, if through, you were. Through the process up. of um, deciding to marry Jeremy, I was faced, I had asked the Lord, will you please give me something that I have to give up for you? I, I can't even imagine what it would be. I, have, I don't own anything. I don't have anything. I just, I what what would I have to give up? To, I, I, but I want to go through that process because I want to understand what lordship is and I want to feel that sacrifice and everything. And um, So when it was becoming pretty clear this is where God was directing me, I realized in order to marry him, Jeremy, I was going to have to move across the country to a place I had never been. I had never met his family. I didn't know exactly where Seattle was. My husband's from <laughs> Seattle. I'm from... I had kind of heard of Seattle, that movie, <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle, <laughs> had come out. I knew it rained a lot there. Um, but I, And then I just started counting. I had to kind of like, I actually had made a list. I will have to give up knowing my way around. I will have to give up being around when my sister mm-hmm. has her kids, because my sister was pregnant with her first baby at the time. I will have to give up being around when my gram, my grandmother passes away. I will have to give up being around. I tried really hard to think through all the things and um, made this list of surrender, I guess, to mm-hmm. the Lord. And um, man, mm-hmm. it's been an awesome journey. We have our 22nd anniversary tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, so much stem- stemmed from that one act of surrender to yeah. And I think it's cool because this isn't everyone's situation, but for you guys, it you only really, 
I, I think you mentioned like in your mind, you thought you'd be moving to Seattle for like the rest of your life. Right. And who knows like how often you get ever get to see your family. And um, when I was three, we moved to Kentucky and gradually now almost everyone on both sides of the family lives within yeah. like 20 minutes of us. Right. And no right. one's from Kentucky. <laughs> right. So it's just kind of funny how it worked out because it ended up being like actually 10 times better than before. I never, before. ever, ever could have imagined yeah. um, what God had in store. Yeah. So that's really cool. Well, um, I think that my mom was an excellent candidate to write this chapter, um, Diligent and Enterprising, just because um, it's very evident in the way that she lives and also the way that she parents that it's something that she really values and is really good at. So why don't you talk a little bit about, um, did you want to read the verse yes. that it comes from? Yeah. So the way that we decided this book has the 10, 10 characteristics, so 10 chapters from Proverbs 31. Um, so each one we have listed at the beginning, all the verses that kind of go with that um, Characteristics. So why don't you go ahead and read those? Okay, so I'm reading from Proverbs 31, of course, verses 14 through 16, verse 18, and verse 24. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. Awesome, so you've been, I mean, like I said, my whole life that I, I've known you, <laughs> um, you, these are all things that you value and are good at, like just being organized or being profitable or being like, like kind of forward thinking. Um, like you went to school for business and you know, just, you're very mindful of that in that way. Mm -hmm. But um, recently, in the past two years, um, this has really looked a lot different because um, we started a business. So mm -hmm. that has looked a lot different and it's a little bit more like the verses in that chapter are a little bit more tangible and not as figurative. Um, so I don't know, describe your story um, around just being diligent and enterprising. Like you wrote in the chapter a little bit about when you were in college and then what that looked like, you know, with little kids and then what that looks like now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, there were a lot of times when I was like college age, like high, high late high school, college age, where I would... Um, just kind of, I learned how to um, roll up my sleeves and just really get down to it, you know? Like if there were things that um, had to be done, finding a way to make it through. You know, everything from like, when I was little, I'd pretend like the princess was coming to see my house and I had that if I had to clean. <laughs> like I had like these motivators that would help me do what I needed to do to get done. My parents taught me how to look ahead and plan for my future. Now my future might have been like later that day or the following week or something like that. And then as I got older, my future went farther out. But they taught me how to have this thing out there and then all the steps that would lead up to that thing or that goal, what I needed to do to get um, to that place. And um, I think that that really helped kind of, I was just trained in that. And I think my personality kind of went well, I guess, with mm -hmm. that. Um, my dad really believed in elbow grease and rolling up your <laughs> sleeves. Um, so, you know, like being willing to do the work, like we all have to work. And um, it doesn't just mean like go to work to have a job, but it means like in your home, you're, 
you we we keep a clean house and we um, are making our land grow things and we are, you know, doing different things that um, things break and we have to fix them. And if we don't know how, we have to learn. And mm-hmm. so there was just lots of that growing up. And uh, we lived on five acres, so we had a lot to, of property ma- to maintain and working hard in the summer. It was just a very familiar <laughs> feeling. So yeah. a lot of that. Now, when I became a young mom uh, and I would read Proverbs 31, especially the part about her lamp does not go out at night. (laughs) I was like, who is this woman? (laughs) I'm not sure I like her very much. (laughs) She was kind of intimidating. Like on some hands she was inspiring and some hands she was just like, I I was just like, what? This doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm trying to get my baby to sleep through the night. Okay, now I'm potty training one and trying to get the second one to sleep through the night. Now I'm teaching this one how to read and potty training that one and then trying to get this one to sleep through the night. So like as I progressively added, um, we we have five kids in our family. And so learning how to do the constant cycle of like pregnancy, delivery, recovery, and then dealing with whatever the next, you know, child stage was at was a lot. And so I think I think I thought I could be a Proverbs 31 woman outside of that mm-hmm. instead of like in and through hmm. motherhood. Yeah. Um, and so I kept trying to figure out when I would have time <laughs> to figure out how to be diligent and enterprising, not realizing doing motherhood, living the life that God had called me to. It was through that process mm-hmm. that he was teaching me all of these things that are in Proverbs 31. Mm-hmm. Um, Instead of your motherhood being like an obstacle to yes, that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think I really viewed it as like getting in the way. If I mm. could just sleep through the night, then I could start thinking about these kinds mm. of things. Um, so it was in my, you know, I think I had maybe three or four kids when I started really pressing into the Proverbs 31 mm-hmm. idea and having conversations with other moms about it, reading it over and over and trying to figure out what um, that meant for our practical life mm-hmm. life and lives with my friends. Um, that I were remember you having that study. I don't know if you, I, I think I mentioned that in my intro podcast of like the first time I heard of Proverbs 31 is when you at, at one of our old houses at Story Hill, we, you had like a group of women over and you were, I don't know if that was a recurring thing or if that just happened once, but I really wanted to be there for it. I always wanted to be like where all the adults were. <laughs> yeah, she did. And you're like, you can't be here. And I'm like, but what are you doing? And you're like, you were reading Proverbs 31. And I was like, well, what's that about? <laughs> so I don't remember if that happened often, but I at yeah. least remember one Well, time. it was, that was the fruit. That Bible study was the fruit okay. of me initially having these conversations. Hmm. Um, yeah, so with other friends before that um, and a, a little bit earlier stage in life um, and really catching on and wanting other women to also catch on and have victory mm-hmm. in other areas. Um, I did not think about this passage at all when I was single, mm. a young single woman. I, I didn't get married till I was 25, so I had some years where I was like, so <laughs> what, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, in my, in my day and age, um, everyone met their husband at college and got married. Like I did not have any friends that that didn't happen mm. to. So when I did not meet my husband and I did not get married right out of college, mm. it was a really hard stage for me and um, really wanting to be married or wanting to have that person I, you know, was, a, you know, attached to that belonged to and just would be able to like dream with and all that stuff. And 
Um, so it was a hard couple of years before I met my husband. Um, and then what about how has that transitioned to what your life looks like now? So, so I was, um, basically a stay at home mom for 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Kelsey has five or four younger siblings and there's a age span from the oldest to youngest of nine years. So, you know, birthing my youngest and then on into, um, so yeah, I, we had different businesses that we would try and start that we ran in our home. Um, during those 20 years, I, because of my business background in college anyways, um, I never really had much professional um, experience in business, but uh, my education was that, and my propensity, I guess, is towards that. Then I would do a lot of the finances or help with the startup side of things. Um, we used to sell Lord of the Rings paraphernalia <laughs> online before the movies came out, folks. Can you believe there's that? <laughs> and when Amazon only sold books, that's all they sold at first. So, so online stores were a, a new thing. And eBay was brand new. Mm. All these things now that have been around for a while. But... Um, it was in the heyday of people learning to, that they could shop online, <laughs> e-commerce. That was like a new thing. Um, so I helped out a lot with that while, you know, raising the little people. And then um, my husband, along with a couple of his friends, started a video production company. And that's really uh, around the time when I, I, I did not help start that business. That was the first one that we started that I didn't help. And that's when I really was turning my heart much more towards um, homeschooling the kids full time, different ages, meeting their different needs, um, running, learning what it was to run a household. Like by then I had learned a lot about I'm not just like a mom and I'm not just a wife. I'm running a household that is um on its journey to becoming an outpost for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so what does an outpost for the kingdom look like? Well, it's welcoming, it has food, it's comfortable. It might even be kind of pretty on the inside. <laughs> I'm very like functional and minimalistic <laughs> in a lot of ways. So I had to learn how to be like, oh yeah, I guess we could do this. I if guess you're watching could... this on video, you can see my room is <laughs> the opposite. as functional. It's a little bit. <laughs> a little bit frou-frou. <laughs> Which I love. It's beautiful. I just don't think to do that kind of thing on my own. So um, I'm kind of minimalistic in that way. So I have been on this journey, still on the journey of learning, you know, what that is. But um, so how how do I run a household? What tone do I want to set? Um, what noise level can I handle? What you know, all those things. What ideas am I going to kibosh from my kids? What ideas am I going to like? You know want them to like tease out and thrive. Um, There's a lot of that that goes on and um, has gone on and continues to go on in our in our home. And so um, along this journey about two years ago or so, well, about four years ago, we lost my dad. Grandpa Don, and so my mom was all of a sudden a widow, which was such a bizarre thing that my parents had been married 50 years and um, that my mom becoming a widow, uh, and then a couple years later, Kelsey and I just, we love to sew, and mm-hmm. we love to... And I decided not to go to college. So and we, Kelsey, were, we were all kind of, and then um, I think Elisa became a teenager. So it was like this weird, mom was like, wait, most of my kids are older. 
I was like, wait, I'm not in school anymore. I decided not to go to college and grandma became a widow. So we were all three kind of in this weird transition. Like a new stage of life kind of? Like all of a sudden I have four teenagers. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is different (laughs) than when I had four toddlers and it's, you know, it's different. Mm -hmm. And um, there was just a lot, still is a lot to navigate in there with how much I need to be present, how much me being present is actually like harmful to wanting you know, people to have rope to be their own, to develop their own way. So we, through a series of circumstances, we developed this idea that we would open a brick and mortar store, um, which just means like a store that's not online, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a real one that has a door that people knock on or come in whenever it's open. Um, and so we set up this super cute um, fabric shop slash uh, sewing studio. Mm-hmm. We have a heart for the generations to work together. So Kelsey and her sisters and myself and my mom, the three generations, we work in the shop and run it. Mostly we have had employees here and there. Um, there's a lot of diligence and enterprising that happens when you start something from scratch. Mm-hmm. And so I have been stretched beyond what I thought I could handle. If, I if you would have asked me even just three years ago, I would have been like, what? No way. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but God really, really, you know, led us that direction. And he is so good at like following through on what he leads you into. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So now we own a shop that's been around for almost two years. We are smack dab in the middle of the coronavirus. Yep. A quarantine, and so that has been interesting because many people are now wanting to work on projects that they've had in their closet and for make years masks. and making masks. So instead of our business shutting down and and sadly disappearing, it has skyrocketed, and we're crazy busy all the time. Yeah. So anyway, that's a huge way I've used my diligence and <laughs> enterprising <laughs> in the recent years. Yeah. Um, awesome. And do you feel like there's anything either in that or outside of that that you feel like God's been teaching you right now? Well, with the things like the virus coming up or there are things that will happen in your life that um, catch you off guard or you weren't planning or um, didn't turn out the way you thought they would. And learning how to be able to recover from those things, how to be able to trust the Lord for your faith, not to get totally rocked by those things. I think that's a big part of what he has and is instilling in me. And and the coronavirus is just another um, iteration in the steps of learning more and more about shifting in the mid midstream, mm-hmm. how to change, make changes quickly, how to trust the Lord in, when you don't know exactly where this shift or change is going to take you, mm-hmm. um, but trusting in his goodness and his faithfulness and um, all the things that he's you know taught, taught you along your journey. Um, but I think it's very, very, I look around at what our culture is doing <laughs> to the definition of women or to femininity or all of those things that can be like a crazy, you know, long tunnel kind of topic. Mm -hmm. And I just want to encourage everybody to um, press into what the Lord has for you in your femininity and that you can reflect the the parts of God that are um, loving and caring and 
you can be those things and be diligent and enterprising and thoughtful and, Mm -hmm. you know, moving forward and um, forward thinking and establishing. And you can do all of these things while reflecting the feminine, the feminine, um, like attributes, I guess, the nurturing, the, Mm -hmm. um, those, those parts of the Lord that are comforting to other people and Mm -hmm. things like that. And that way that we reflect the, um, image that he has let us bear. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's a high calling. It's a very high calling. And so it can be a real challenge to some people. And so when they feel that challenge, oftentimes it's easier to just reject the challenge Mm -hmm. than to press in to it. So, um, I think a lot of stuff gets thrown out, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. (laughs) Again. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I wanted to let you guys know that my mom and dad have a podcast together. So my dad has a couple podcasts, but this one they do together. It's called the family teams podcast. Um, so if you guys want to hear more from her or a little bit from my dad, then you can head over there. I'll link it in the show notes below, but thanks so much for sharing your wisdom with other people. I don't mind sharing you for just a little bit. (laughs) Oh, thanks. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Strength and Dignity. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook and sign up for our newsletter to be notified of all the fun stuff we have rolling out. All the links can be found in the description below. Hope you tune in next time.